Welcome back, everyone. Hola. This is episode 111 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We are brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business on or offline, website design, Google ads, graphic design, printing, we can help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. That's right. You can request a free review of your online presence. That's kind of like the entry to our flagship program. We'll tell you where all the bodies are buried, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how we can help. All right, so again, check it out, bbdigitalmarketing.com. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt, training out of South Florida. We got Bo behind the camera. Yo! Look who decided to join us. Hey, Al. <laughs> toothache? Yeah. Sword. yeah. What happened? Mr. Sword oh, I had, a, I had a cracked tooth, and then it got infected, so I had to have, like, surgery on Saturday. So. I don't, like, don't want to jinx myself, but, thing, you know, it happens in threes. You got Bo with his, yeah. his new toothuses. You got a cracked tooth, dude. It was yeah. crazy. I, I was, I was. I don't, I don't <laughs> want it to happen to me next. <laughs> no, nah, man. I don't know. I want you to crack ten thousand followers. How yeah. about that? Don't be, <laughs> don't be opening beer bottles. Don't be opening beer bottles with your teeth. Yeah, and you'll be fine. It's no, all definitely good. don't do that. It's all good though. I'm, I'm healing. You all right, guys. I mean? Everybody, welcome. Don't forget to like, comment, share. Click the subscribe button on YouTube. We really appreciate the support. Uh, joining us today. Is Gabriel Sousa? There it is. Sosa. 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 We're super excited. Black belt. Gabriel Sosa. Everybody. Right. I think uh, definitely the world is. What are you talking Starting about? to recognize him uh, post ADCC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, post Mikey Musumeci. Yeah. Big uh, submission. Uh, some big victories. Deep runs, uh, I think deep this has been his like this has been his year, right? I mean, and if, it's been and a big it, year for him. Yeah, and if you've been a Gi fan, he's been pretty hot for a he's while. He's been killing it on the on the Gi side. The yeah, IBJJF, IBJJF scene, yeah, Euros. I mean, it, like if you look at his, like I always look at BJJ heroes. Yeah, he, it's just like first place, first place, second place, first place. You know, it's just he's like, up there. He's just like a run. So uh, let's do a, few, uh, a quick few shout outs and then we'll get him in here. Thank you to our friends over at Flow and Roll. Sean, what you up, know, Sean? hands down, the best custom gi and no gi gear in the business. I'm just going to say, I know Sean, listen, Sean, I'm wearing this big, bright green shirt because I'm out of shirts that fit me. <laughs> what happened, bro? I, I need a double X now, you know, all the working out and the eating. Yeah, I got you. So double I need X some double X. I love black, Sean. I, I definitely always want to rep for you on the show and I'm sick of wearing the jujitsu dummies logo tee. So if you got anything you want to send away, you know the place, you know the address. Hands yeah. down the best custom gi and nogi gear in the business. Don't believe us. Visit us on visit them on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll. Check out all the custom designs they have. I mean it's literally now like academies across the country. People are really starting to recognize the um, the pre-order program we did it for the gi, for the uh, the no gi kit that we're doing for the show for the piece of jujitsu uh, set. It's coming so out. So it was it's very cool. I got the you know got to order the extras that I wanted, but the pre-order paid for the majority of what it would have cost me. It was I put a couple hundred bucks. I ordered more. I paid a couple hundred bucks for the stuff. Like I had enough money to cover what we needed, like the minimum, nice. which was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, this is you know, this is great. It works. So we ordered some <laughs> extra stuff though, so that we have uh, yeah. we have some winners that are going to get some stuff, and then I got stuff. Make sure that I got some extra stuff for us. It's a proven so system. If you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Flow and Roll, flowandroll.com. Again, at flow underscore n underscore roll. Reach out, send them a message. It's a, a Flow and Roll. At gmail.com if you want to send him an email. 
but talk to them about or ask for an explanation about the pre-order program. It's a great way if you're a gym owner to get everything that you need. Low bar of entry. You won't have a lot of out of pocket. He'll actually wind up sending your stuff to your students or anybody that orders. And then you get your stuff that you need to keep in stock for the gym. Very little out of pocket. It's a great way of doing this. And for those of you who just want to get onto the website and order a t-shirt or get a, a gi or even a belt, right. they do embroidered belts as well. Flowandroll.com, you get 20% off with code JJD. You sure do. Okay? Uh, BJJ box, I checked the mail on the way down. We didn't get a box yet. I, I sent Tony a message uh, hoping to have a new box on What's the next the show. What's in the box? <laughs> Excuse me. What's in the box? We'll have hopefully have a new box on the next episode and we'll get to, to do an unboxing. So the BJJ box is Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box. It's delivered to your door filled with premium Jiu-Jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. They find the best products, the best products. Actually, Sean's supposed to be doing a, a rash guard with them. Really? For their rash guard, yeah. That's they, cool. They've been talking. I, I think I think it's finalized. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to so happen. So that means that Flow and Roll is the best product? Flow and Roll is going to be in the BJJ box soon. That's uh, BJJ um, math, everybody. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm happy to say, I mean, they probably knew of each other, but you know, because of the show and they're both sponsor, I've always said, hey, you guys got to talk. Mm-hmm. So each box includes four to seven items that you're going to love. So you know, it could be uh, the VIP box has like a T-shirt. Uh, we've gotten beef jerky. We've gotten we've sports got, drinks. Yeah, foot uh, rollers. We've gotten foot rollers. Kinesiology tape. We've got, yeah, oh, you know how to say You've been practicing. I've been practicing. <laughs> you could get, uh, they, you'll, you'll get an email mm. with like, uh, there might be uh, oh, a, a program, code, like a 15% yeah. off of, of, a, of an instructional master class or, or yeah, some type like of master class, right? Some ty- something related to fitness. So lots of cool stuff. It's The box is always going to be cheaper. Yeah. Than the combined total of all the products, right? So yeah. you're always gonna you're gonna be getting a lot of value for your subscription. Uh, typically, like we get the VIP, what's called the VIP box, but they have other boxes you can get again, like quarterly with the rash guard, yeah. or you know, so you can kind of mix and match it. Tears. So look, go check them out. TheBJJBox.com. Get ten dollars off your first order with code JJD ten. There you go. And uh, again, hopefully, we'll have a new box next week. Uh, shout out to Neutral Zone CBD. No matter if your aches and pains are coming from lifting weights at the gym, rolling on the mats, or just a daily grind of life, Neutral Zone has a product for you. Find your Neutral Zone by finding the best products for your pain wellness so you can continue your active lifestyle. That's right. NeutralZoneCBD.com is the place. Code JJD for 25% off. Oof. Okay. Quarter? 25% off. That's a lot. That's like a hole. You cut Bro, it. Bro, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Sosa. Sosa in here. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do I'm it. I'm excited. All right, brother. All right. Hey. And welcome, Gabriel. How Thank you doing? You. Is it Gabriel? Gabriel? How do you like to be? How how, how do you say it? Uh, if I'm speak with a Brazilian or Latino, I say Gabriel. Okay, that, I'm used to saying it. I think I just did a hybrid of it. Yeah, Americans sometimes they have have a hard time. So I think Gabe or Gabriel. Yeah, I, really... I, no, I say Gabriel is is the way that I would normally say it. As yeah, sounds good. The Puerto yeah. Rican in me wants to say Gabriel. Well, you got to remember he's in Apex, North Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> they just call you Gabe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome okay. to the show. Thank you for doing this. We appreciate you coming on. Um, I know uh, you know we wanted to have you on for a little bit. I know. Um, one of uh, our sponsors is one of your sponsors, uh, Neutral Zone. So we had been talking about you. I brought you up. He's like, oh, yeah, we're working with him. And it was just like, a, you know, it was 
just a natural to, to have you on. So again, thank you for doing this. I was more like, holy smokes, that dude has such an impressive performance at ADCC. Yeah, well, yeah. And well, he's too. neutral zone. Yeah. Let's go. I want to talk to this guy. So so let's uh, let's start from the beginning. We're going to go right back to the beginning. Tell us how you found jiu-jitsu. Give us the history. And we'll, you know, we'll get the conversation going from there. Yeah. So I started jiu-jitsu after my brother. Uh, before jiu-jitsu, I was always very athletic, right? In Brazil, uh, I was part of a social project, athleticism, like run, jumping, and then stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got into soccer. Most of Brazilians probably have done soccer in their life. So I, I tried it out. I was never good at it, but I tried my best. And I, I tried capoeira as well. Capoeira was the last sport before I found jiu-jitsu. So what happened was like my brother started training a social project. Uh, after three months of training, he invited me to go over to to check it out, the training, maybe I would like it or not. Since I was always very active, right, imperative, I wouldn't stop, I'm super energetic and always like trying to to find different ways to have fun in a healthy way. And he brought me there one time and then I stopped going. Uh, I started a social project in Fortaleza, Brazil. It's my hometown. And that's pretty much it. It was 2009, and I was about to turn 13 years old. Okay. Wow. Now, what brought you to the U.S.? Tell us uh, about no. that journey. Yes, okay. So, I grew up right in jiu-jitsu, and then when I was turning 15, I think I was already decided that I want to leave from jiu-jitsu. Right, because it's just because of the lifestyle. One time, uh, the first time I had the chance to fly in an airplane, right, get an airplane and go somewhere else, was from Fortaleza to São Paulo. It was kind of like four hours flight, and then I was very impressed. I was just happy to be doing that. Like, wow, you just took me from my city, from my hometown, to another city, four hours away from my home. And I, I think that trip was very important for me because it was the beginning of everything. And then that's why I'm like, yes, I definitely want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Like, imagine, like, I can every month, I can do two, three competitions in different states, maybe in different countries one day, and just fly and then be able to compete, get paid, and then do seminars and get famous throughout the sport. I know get famous was never the intention, but it, it ended up happening, especially when you're a high-level athlete. And... That's why I'm like, yes, I want to do that. So I tried first to go to Europeans, but I couldn't succeed when I was a blue belt, right? And then I decided, all right, I'm going to try my visa and go to USA. The first time I came to USA, I was a blue belt, 18 years old, and I had no no international travel, no English at all. I couldn't say water or anything. I couldn't order anything. <laughs> wow. I couldn't introduce myself. That yeah. was like crazy right but i'm like yeah i have to do it it's part of the journey it's part of the dream i gotta do it in brazil i had a, hard, a tough time like i come from a poor family my my parents has seven kids in total and they never had money to be able to pay any competition for me right no registration they never put any money down i know because not because they didn't want it but they didn't have no money yeah right so I realized that like in Brazil it was hard to make a living for it since the cash price was super low. Even was a blue belt still, even black belts doesn't get paid well, like in, in, in the weight class or whatever. So I was like, I need to start move on from this and I need to start living from jiu-jitsu if I really want to keep it. And then I think the best way would be moving to US, find a job with jiu-jitsu, and then go from there on. So was I it- came to 
what was it? Jujitsu was at that time was more popular here than it was there, right? It wasn't necessarily um, as recognized, or what would be the word? Like people looked at it like those guys are thugs, right? Like yes. a lot of right? you know they hear about the Gracies and the fights and the and the academy respected. storming and stuff like that, right? It so it was more yeah, not respected. It it was more respected here is at that time, correct? I wouldn't say more respected, but like in the USA, you can make a good living from jiu-jitsu. Okay. Uh, it's different. It's the, in Brazil, it's hard to make a living only from jiu-jitsu. I'm not saying that right now it's way easier because we have so much uh, resource, right? We, we, I think the best thing what Brazilians is bringing to, to academies in Brazil is, is like the methodology, the way they work in the USA, they are very professional. Like with the way they organize the academy, keeping everything, playing everything, looking great. So it's like that professionalism is started here in the USA. So that's why it's like you can make a good money out of jiu-jitsu. Okay. You, can you can have your own school and make money. Here you get paid way better to compete. Also the quality, your, uh, the quality of your life here is better like with the jiu-jitsu than it was in Brazil. Most of the people that I knew that had gyms back in, the, in Brazil, they would have like a side job to be able to pay like the expenses mm -hmm. and survive, right? Wow. But now a lot of academies, especially in Sao Paulo here in the South as well, a lot of academies is getting like in another level as far as professionalism, like great academy, good looking. They spend a lot of money, like, and they also they, they learn the way how to work, with, like, mm -hmm. like to make the business. You know what I mean? Like, jiu-jitsu is a great art, but if you don't know how to make the business, you're probably not going to be able to make money of it, right? Mm -hmm. And back in then, when I was, when I started competing, even to states uh, close to my house, I was always doing uh, rifles, right? I would get like 45 uh, rifles and then try to sell it for however I could, just to be able to pay tournament expenses as far as, like, registration or flights, anything. saying rifles like a no, gun? Or rifle? raffles. 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 <laughs> raffles. I'm sorry. It's okay. Raffles? You sell rifles? Yeah. No, when he went, when he yeah. went, when he went like this, oh, I knew okay, he meant raffles, you. yeah. Exactly, yes. And it's very, it's like, it's very normal for Brazilians who live, most of the Brazilians who live in Brazil who doesn't, who doesn't have money, like, doesn't come from a family that has money. Yeah, it's a hustle. <laughs> It's a hustle, it's a way to hustle. And there are a lot of people around you, maybe they don't have like $100, let's say, to give you, but if like 50 people give you $5, you made a good money and gonna be able to compete. So like, I had to do that to compete in the national tournaments when I stayed like eight hours away from my home. Imagine to come to Worlds, Europeans, Pan Ams, and I knew that like, maybe on the way I would like, I wouldn't say give up, but I had to choose like go find a regular job, full time job, and make money to survive, or not be able like or, or move out of Brazil. That's what I did, and then find a job. So I came for the first time, and then everybody was very impressed. Like I had to do a lot of, a lot of rifles. I sell everything that I had to to be able to come to USA. I was very lucky that I I met a person throughout Facebook, right? So me and four more friends, we made a social project. We create a social project on the hood that I grew up, on the favela that I grew up, right? And somehow this person, this American person, she found our social project 
So she started helping us out. Like she would send money for the kids to compete. She would send money for the kids uh, to buy t-shirts with the logos and it's those kind of stuff to support the social project. And then when I told her that I was planning to come to USA to compete at UDF Worlds, she was very excited and she was like, oh, I'm going to help you out however I can. So I think I tell everybody she was kind of like an angel on my life. The only thing I paid to come for the first time was my visa and my passport. She pretty much paid my registration, my flight, she paid my hotel and everything. But like the craziest part is like, it's not everybody who would have like been able to do what I did. I, I, I just like, that's going to be my own way out. So I never met this person in my life before I come to USA. Uh, we would text each other like because of the social project. She's like, no, I'm going to help you out. Don't worry. I have someone to pick you up on the airport. I'm going to put you in the hotel and then you're going to have training and everything. I'm like, right, let's do it. She's wow. in my team. <laughs> That's an angel. I, that was crazy. I told my family, like, all right, I'm going to USA to three days. Everybody look at me like, what are you about? <laughs> I'm going to fight IBJJF Worlds. They're like, uh, all right, okay. have a good trip. Go get it. But the, the, the reaction was the most fun part for me because they're like, how are you going to afford to go to California? You know what I mean? And I just don't know how you're going to get it. And I didn't even try to explain the situation because they would stop me like, no, you're not going because you don't know who is this person. Like, <laughs> Might never come back. <laughs> yeah. Like, I told them like, don't worry. I have a sponsor. They're going to pay everything. And that's it. They're like, all right, good. Go and yeah. do it. And then I made it to the finals. I got second place. And, there were, and then there was the... What age was that? What age was that? 2015. Eight. 2015, I was 18 years old. 18, yeah. okay. Blue belt, yes. Adult, adult right? How, how old are you now? I'm 26. I just yeah. turned 26. So wow. that was like the thing that changed everything in my life. So I came back, my family. So when you turn 18 in Brazil, that's when you usually finish high, finish high school and mm -hmm. then go find a job, right? And since I come from a poor family, it's already routine. It's already like, as soon as you finish high school, you go find a job and they help you in the house and then we go on from here. I'm like, all right, cool. And then like, I had the pressure of my family, like, you need to find a job. It's about time. It was like June. You've been already six months without making money, without working, without helping out in the house. There was like a lot of pressure. So whenever I came to USA and then I played second at the IBJJF Worlds, that's when my family started like believing more. Like, oh, they can, he can actually make it happen through jujitsu. So I went back to Brazil. I spent nine more months, right? I went back to Brazil in July, June, July. And then the next year at Pants, I came and I won Pants as a pro belt. Like three months as a pro belt. Fresh, fresh pro belt, won Pants. And then went back to Brazil. And then I talked to the head coach, our head coach, Marcel Zé. Marcel Zé had the founder of ZR team. And I told him, like, look, I don't want to keep going back and forth from USA, Europe, or anything because I don't have money. Maybe one day I, I won't be able to afford, and I don't want this to happen. And then our visas usually every time we come to US, you can spend six months. I told him like, you think you can find me somewhere to stay? And maybe I, I don't know. I, I find whenever I'm there, if I have a place to sleep, it's fine. I'm gonna make my way through. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I have my his nephew uh, living Cali. Then he make the connection, and then I flew to Cali. And then for the first six months I was living in the USA, I was living on the mats. It's like, it's very normal. It's very common in Brazil, but like I was living a mat in an academy, very clean. So it's like, it was much easier for me. You know what I mean? I have, of course, my air mattress, but like 
that was easy. I would do it again. For me, when I tell people, they're like, oh, you live in the mat? You didn't have nothing, no stove, nothing to cook? I'm like, ah, no, it's normal for me. It's like, it's nothing crazy, you know, because I was I also like pursuing my dream. That was the beginning of the dream. And I knew yeah. I, I, had to, I, I had to go through some hard time, like everybody does, when you start a new business, when you start a new journey in your life. So it's like, it's just part of it. And I'm like, yes, I, I'm enjoying it. And I was always like, for the first two years, I was going back and forth to USA in Brazil. And just because the visa, I didn't have money to apply the athlete visa. And they applied for the athlete visa. And I live in California all the way to 2019, December of 2019. And then I decided to now take a while, a break from teaching. So I went back to Brazil. I went to Europe and I traveled for a little bit, teach for the Europeans, and I was gonna come back to USA. I came back to USA for Pan Ams 2020, COVID hit, shut down the country in three days. I'm like, all right, see you guys. I'm going to Brazil, peace. So I went back to Brazil, spent seven months, and then me and Mario, uh, Diego Ramalho, is like a best friend of mine. We used to live in, together in California. So when he got in Cali, he was already a black belt. I was a purple belt. We lived together. We was roommates for most of the times we live in Cali. And he told me, like, look, California is not looking good right now. It's right beginning of the pandemic. Everything's going crazy out here. I got opportunity to go to North Carolina. I'm heading out there. So he came to North Carolina. So he was always inviting me to come over, like, oh, come check it out. Everything here is totally different from California as far as traffic, as far as everything. Uh, he's like, it's for us. Two different I, worlds, man. Yeah. Exactly. And then he's like, for us, here looks much better as far as business and, and life in general for us here yeah. is going to be much better since I don't like, uh, I, I don't like a, crowd cities i don't really like it yeah so yeah. like i'm like yeah california for me was i was done with cali so that's when he came to to north carolina and then six months later i came but my idea was was not to stay i just came here to visit him his students that he was doing a great job out here and then eventually the opportunity to open up my own academy came and then probably like nine months later i was in north carolina i opened up my gym it's been a year and a half Great journey, I can't complain. Met so much like great people. I'm so grateful for my students. They are my family, you know. Since all my, my blood flame is in Brazil, like my parents, uh, siblings, everybody in Brazil, I feel like having them with me is very important, especially throughout like competition, win and lose, loss is like, it, it's very important. And I'm so glad that like the community that we've been in out here, the environment is like, is sustainable and also is like supportive to each other. That's what good. what does your family say now? You know, you went from hey, you can't you can't even help with the bills, or you can't pay your own way to to now. What do they say? What's their feedback? I mean, for me, it, it's kind of it's it's funny, but like they they tell me that like I'm one of the inspiration for them That's because cool. they saw where I came from and where I am right now, and I'm so happy that jujitsu not just helped me like my life financially, and also I, I'm able to provide to my family. You know, like throughout COVID, I was able to help my family. That was like priceless for me. I'm like, I came from not being able to help you out in the house. And now I'm able to support you and I help you guys out. And I have like six, uh, six siblings. I have uh, eight nieces and nephews, like a huge family. Wow. Be able to help them out with jujitsu. For sure, they are like very grateful for that. 
What's and, the age range? Where, where do you fall in the age range? Are I'm you older? Baby. Or you're the baby? I'm the baby brother. You're the baby, huh? Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more funny. Like they, they tell me, like I'm an inspiration for them. I have achieved so much in so in a short period of time. And then it's like it's it's good to hear from them, you know. See, since like I'm the baby, 26, everybody else is older than me, two, three, four years. So it's like it, does, it's, it's very good. Does anybody else doing jujitsu? Yes, I have a brother. Uh, he's in London right now. He's in Europe, and he's we planning for him to come to USA around September, October. He's a black belt as well. Ah. Uh, my older brother, he is a pro belt in jujitsu. But like life in Brazil is super tough as far as like, especially being a personal trainer, like the schedule, work schedule is super crazy. So you're going to wake up probably 5 a.m. and go to sleep midnight and then every single day. And then you have Sunday to rest and that's it. And then life goes on. So it's like he kind of stopped. We was just talking about it for him to come back and then get move on and like get his brown belt and eventually his black belt because he, he, he used to love it as well. He was the one who introduced me to jujitsu. So like he loves it. He actually, he was like the person that support me the most. As soon as they start competing, like as far as like taking me to place to talk with the sponsors, because I was just a kid, right? Yeah. I had to have responsible for me. So like my older brother was like pretty much, he had like the father responsi responsibility with me. And then every time he see videos of me fighting, he always messaged me like, man, I want to get back at it. I'm like, just find the time, do it. <laughs> Yeah, you could probably come here and be and work half as hard and make twice as much. Probably right, right, right. <laughs> why, why is he in London? What what brought him to London? Was so, it jujitsu? That was, was the, that was the other one. He's talking about the one that's still in Brazil. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So the one the one in Brazil with that, that's definitely one of the plans that I have. Since he's like he's into CrossFit world, he has like some CrossFit training levels as well, like two levels of CrossFit. I think bringing him here. It's gonna be easy to find him like a job as for like we can open up like a business together. He's like very capable. He just need to learn the language, which is about three to six months. He's good to go to teach. Yeah. But my brother who was in London, the first sight was like Brazil is hard as well. And then he was in the same world as personal training and track running and stuff like that. And he was be having like a miserable life. Like he wasn't enjoying life at all. And I told him, look, I can't help you out, but I can't bring you to USA right now because you don't have visa. And the visa right now in Brazil is so many people for so so small amount of like space to get your interview. So it's like so many people for uh, not many interviews during the like the days, right? So I think the next interview, if you try to to schedule today, it might be like January 2024. Like crazy. Wow. Yes. And I told him like, look, I can help you out to go to Europe. And then from there you walk with your own legs, you make it happen. And then whenever the visa is open, you come here. And he's like, all right, cool. So he went to, he's in, he went to Paris first. And then now he's in London for, it's been three months. The idea was for him to learn the language before he come to USA. So whenever he's here, it's much easier for me to help him out, like for him to teach class or running a gym by himself because he already speaking the language. Yeah. So he's just starting. He's just starting like being able to communicate with people, which it's beautiful. He he talk. He is like so awesome because he, he talks to me like I remember like when I got here three months ago, I couldn't say anything. People would talk to me. I would feel so lost. But now I can <laughs> I can say something. And like th that's good. That's and how I feel coming to Miami. Yeah, I can't. Nobody, I don't understand anybody. 
<laughs> I got it. I grew up in I'm, Miami, so yeah. I got it. <laughs> My Spanish is really bad, but I, I can understand, but I do sometimes I'm just like, if it's too quick. You're talking too fast. I understand. Yeah, so <laughs> I understand Portuguese, but you got to talk to me real slow. Slow, right? Yeah. yeah. But I understand it. Yeah. Nice. In Spanish, I do understand. I, I'm kind of shy to speak in Spanish, but also like my vocabulary to speak is super like is small. So yeah. it's like when one's talking Spanish, I can pick it up. I'm like, all right, I know what you're talking about. You might be talking about me. I know. <laughs> yeah. I can read. I can see people like talking on like stories on Instagram or, or YouTube, so and stuff. I'm watching Spanish, but I can't talk back. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I understand. And it, but I also don't feel comfortable because there is a couple word, words they are like tricky Spanish and Portuguese. So sometimes oh, you there's a lot of, there's a lot of words that are like that. <laughs> and a lot of times like different means. And sometimes you think that you're speaking Spanish, but it's a yeah. Portuguese word. I'm like, all right, I give up. I, I don't talk Spanish at all. The, I'm other, just talking. the other day uh, when I was at the gym, you know, I learned uh fala maluco, right? Which is like, <laughs> Hey, talk to me crazy. Like whatever. But yep. I don't know why my brain went straight to Spanish. And I said, fala marico. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, but, and I didn't know that they also said that in Portuguese. Oh, that same. That. Yeah, but it, it, you'd be like Mahiko, like you wouldn't do the R. Okay, but let's like I understand exactly what you're saying because I'm like, if you speak to me s- slow, or like when they're doing the interviews at the UFC and they're speaking yeah. Portuguese, I'm at a level now where if they're not from like Rio, because they talk fast as shit. Yep. Uh, yeah. If they're not from there, if they're from anywhere like Manaus or like down south, like it's more country, so it's like they speak slower. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I don't have to listen to the to That's the translator. Cool. Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow & Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes... 
they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowandroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Signature Tee exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of T-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. So, you know, you were talking about your family. You know, I my daughter works, I own a marketing company. My daughter works for the company now, and I'm having those that feeling, too, of, I'm so happy to now be doing this to pass this on to her to help her, you know, run this business. I tell it this this is yours, you know, when I when I'm done, you have it, you continue to run it. It's such a good feeling when you get to do that. You know, she was a teacher, she made money, she was fine, but the fact that she's like coming into the family business, it's a good feeling. You know, she didn't know what she wanted to do. I had an opening for her and she's she took it and now we're running with it. So I I I appreciate that feeling of being able to not help your family but to help provide for them and that, you know, and she's 30. So, you know, now she's going to, you know, she's getting married and it's providing for her family, you know? So it's, a, it's, sure. it's an awesome feeling to have. Man. I mean, yeah. So let's talk own. about, let's talk about the ADCC and, and your run here. Tell us how that all came about and, and getting invited to, to compete to, you know, just tell us about that, that part of the journey. Cause I think that's, that's where like, you know, right. A lot more people know about you because of, of, of the last ADCC. So, yeah. so tell us how you got there. So A to C, I think I punched my ticket the day that I submit Mikey, Mikey okay. Musumeci, yeah. and everybody saw it. And then right after I beat Cole, and then I, that day I lost to to Cade. But like after that, I did a great running couple, a lot of no-gi tournaments. And, and I think that that was like a very good start. And I was improving a lot in no-gi, right? And then competing gave me a good rhythm. And then the eyes was on me. And then I, I believe I was before, even before I got invited, I was one of the best 145, 155 fighting in Ogi, right? Maybe I was not a specialist because I never focused full time on Ogi. A lot of people are focused full time, uh, uh, full time, either in Gi, traditional way. A lot of Brazilians are focused 100% in the Gi. And then a lot of people focus 100% on grappling. I was never this type of person. I was training in both ways. Gi season, put the gi on. No gi season, take the gi off. And then go there and then show a good work and then work hard and make your way through. And then as soon as I got like, as soon as they announced the trials, I'm like, yeah, I have to go to Brazil to win the trials because I'm pretty sure I'm capable of it. But the thing is like, I had no, right now my green card is processing. So I'm under a process. And then if I leave the country, it means that like, I give up on the case. Yeah. Right. I uh-huh. cannot the country at all it's been like a year and a half or so and i'm like well sounds like i can't leave the country i can't do the trials i was actually very very upset about it and then eventually as soon as they are, the trial was over i got the invitation which i was very happy i was like wow that's like that's crazy come like being a traditional gi fighter my whole life and then now being able to do the biggest grappling tournament in uh in the world yeah that's the biggest one for sure i'm like yeah i'm definitely like one of the best in the world now it's time to work hard to make a great performance and then the result of course always want to have a gold medal but if it didn't happen the first time but i made my way to the finals so i i I prove a lot of people was wrong a lot of people wasn't counting me a lot of people sleeping on it but I, i i just did my job i worked hard for the last the three prior months of atc I work super hard. I'm pretty sure that like 
I never work as hard as I did for than I did for ACC for any other tournament. Yeah, you. I, I, I was gonna say you're undoubtedly part of the new wave of jujitsu. Um, yeah, I did, and, I did and, like, and this ADCC really showed it because this yes. ADCC, you weren't the only young competitor to have a deep run or a medal. Yep. Uh, there was a lot, and it really just showed. It was it was almost like a changing of the guard. I think this ADCC. Yeah. yeah. And you were part and of then, it. And then I did a great run. There was three months that like I trained super intense. I went up to New York to train with Digitoris, two times ATC champion. And I for sure they had a lot of my knowledge as far as being able to train under the rules, get ready for that type of reset that I was not used to it. I'm, I, my whole life I also fought IBJJF. So he hooks was never allowed. My wrestling was like, eh, it was all right. I could take some people down, but like, I didn't know what I was doing. So like going through a camp, coach uh, John, he was working with us. He's the head coach, uh, wrestling head coach at Essential. He's the one who takes care of the camp, JT Torres camp. So it's like, undoubtedly, that was the best experience of my life. And I will never regret going up there and training with them. As far as like training and also I did a great, like we, we built up a great relationship with uh, Professor JT. Uh, John and all these students, people like I, I felt at home training with them, you know, like everybody on the same intention, everybody helping each other to get ready to ATC. I shared them at with uh, John Davis as well, was training for ATC out there. She knows how to wrestle, like, she knows how to wrestle, you know, judo, judo, yeah. very good. So it's like I wasn't a very, I wasn't a great in the right environment to get ready for the ATC. Uh, I decided to go up. There. <laughs> Excuse me. I decided to go up there because I was like, I never done any ATC all my life. How am I gonna get ready for a tournament? That like, I have no experience. Nobody around me have experience to how to get ready. I know that you need to work hard, but sometimes you working hard and wrong, you probably gonna end up getting injured. So it's like you should be doing the right thing, right? And then they just have like, right, getting there and then focus hundred percent on training. I was training once or twice a day, depending on the schedule. And then weekends was off or just following the plan, the diet. I didn't do no mistakes on my diet. Usually I do a couple of mistakes here and there, but yeah. I, <laughs> little cheat. But like it's, you have a, this opportunity once in a lifetime. So you do not blow it. Go out of there. I, I cheat on my diet every day, just a little bit, <laughs> but every day. My diet is cheating. <laughs> my <di> yeah. <laughs> if I don't uh, cheat, that was a good diet day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I to see I cheat. I cheat a lot of my yeah. diet. What's your, what's your cheat food? Say it again. What's your cheat food? Bro, I love <laughs> let's go. Let's, let's go down this road. Pastries, <laughs> yeah, pastries. For sure. Chocolate. Uh -huh. I have a friend. He came from Tunogi Worlds. He probably brought me like thirty Milka bars, the chocolate Milka. Okay. I just tried it in two months. You you, you <laughs> ate thirty chocolate bars in two months? Yeah, bro. That's crazy. That's a lot of chocolate. Half a chocolate bar a day. I'm a sweet tooth guy. I'm like sweet. <laughs> I don't have to eat steak. I don't have to eat fried foods. Like that's not my thing. Yeah. It's sweets and then like pizza and bagels. Like that that happy man. Just give me some candy I, and pizza I mean, and I'm good. It's way it's way more like chocolate, pastries, but I also love a lot of meat. Like the uh, our, our Brazilians eat a yeah, lot of meat. A lot like of, you guys have more good. cows than we do. Meat is good though. So, yeah. So we eat, oh, and I it's cheap. Great. And it's super cheap. I, I think from 
I gained like 20 pounds for ACC. <laughs> yeah. For ADC or after? What do you say? After, after uh, ACC. After, so after, after, okay. Yes. Awesome. Because actually my natural body weight is usually like 15 pounds heavier than 145. Yeah, you see yeah, those arms? Those arms are made of beef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I'm always Home like... There you go. There you go, man. Nice. Clip that. Get that picture, nice. Bo. Yeah. yeah. I did. <laughs> Don't forget that. You, you, you remember 26, Bo? <laughs> Bro, so you I remember he's talking, he's talking to uh, our producer have, off camera. I yeah. didn't have arms like quite like that. I had good arms, but not like I that. Think t- I think 26 through 28 was my oh, favorite dude. age. Homie's got really yeah, good I, arms. I got to Florida at 25, so like 25 right. to 35. I say 25 to 36. That was my yeah. time after that. The body started to break down. And couldn't uh, I couldn't party like I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me go back to uh, I had a question about you talked about the transition from gi to no gi. What what were the hardest parts of that transition for you? I think uh, mainly the heel hooks. That was the mm-hmm. hardest part for me. Also, adjusting my weight to pass the guard is totally different. Gi and no gi for me, just because of my game. My game is pressure and it put pace on it. And then Nogi is like, it's better because it's harder for someone to make grips on you, mm-hmm. but also it's harder to establish positions when you're trying to pass people guard and everybody's sweaty and it's easier for yep. to shrink up in recovery, especially when you fight with flexible people. So the, the, the only, I think the most hard, the hardest part for me was leg locks for sure. Like yeah. the hardest part. And then I really started studying leg locks. I, I got heel hook in Out City by Damian Anderson. 2000, that was like a year and a half ago or something. All the way up there, I was like, nah, nobody going to catch me on heel hooks. I'm good. I'm good. I didn't, nah, it's good. It was so crazy that as soon as he, he got it, I, I was so scared that anybody got heel hook. I was confident, but at the same time, I was scared because I didn't want to get injured. So I like, tap. I'm like, damn, I wasn't even, it was deep, but he didn't even crank it. There was... The good thing is, like, I, I didn't get injured, but the bad thing was, like, I just stepped right away. You learned a lesson. So, yes. That was, like, the key for me. That mm-hmm. was a great lesson for me. Right. I think I had I had to lose that tournament to make me to work harder as far as leg lock. Yeah. If you see my couple last match that I did in Ogi, I fought a very good uh, leg lockers. They wasn't able to attack my heels, foot lock, anything. Yeah. Because like I got I got in a point that like, all right, I need to work on this. My, my guard pass is good. Some submissions are good. My guard is all right, but the leg lock is need to be great. You know, especially like, I know that it's going to be hard for you to see me with my back on the floor because I feel way more comfortable going for wrestling right now or passing guard. So end up on my back, I'm not, I'm not uncomfortable end up on my back, but I'm way better on my feet on my knees passing guard yeah. so that's where you're gonna be and then the percentage of someone pull up a leg lock from playing guard is much higher so i'm like all right i'm gonna i need to invest more time stud more and drill more out of how to escape the leg locks first and how not to get there leg entanglements and then like there was a whole process that i have to go through maybe i'm not the best guy who escaped leg locks but i got a good uh a good amount of knowledge be able like to protect myself and be able to go out there and and not be super scared folks 100 percent like oh you're gonna get my knee or something like that yeah. so it's like that was a great like a lot of people don't know how to deal with uh when they lose right they lose a tournament they just get upset and that's it uh when i lose a tournament i probably missed something or i did something wrong so i go out there i stand i i sit down and think a little bit what did i do wrong and what i can do better 
and they like Lark, the Emerald City, was my mistake. Not my mistake, but my weakness. And then, boom. There you go, and you patched it up. And then I think uh, in the last couple of years, uh, jiu-jitsu is swinging the other way now where there's a lot of systems that counter poorly yes. poorly entered like locks. So For if people sure. are lazy on Ashi, there's a lot of back takes from there. If they're lazy on 50-50, there's a lot of guard passing from there. You For know, sure. And there's even arm bars now and omoplatas from shitty leg entries. Yep. So... I think it's just a natural cycle of jiu-jitsu. I think it's do, happening again. Do you think that that the le- leg locks are like a fad? Not a fad. It's, you know, it's just... you know, but like well, it's the it's the thing right now. Like, well, there, there's not much left in, in the body that wasn't paid attention to. Right. You know, is it something that like they'll they'll be? What's the thing that comes after leg locks or like leg locks? So leg locks. Are here to stay? Leg locks are. Like you old. just said the counters. You yeah, were yeah, about yeah. The counters, so right? leg locks are old, and you. Yeah. I know you know that. So I know everybody knows that leg locks. Are, no, what it is is that leg locks used to be frowned upon for the the main reason was because you could hurt somebody, and back in the day that you couldn't get an MCL or an ACL the next day yeah. like yeah. you can right now. The, the technology wasn't there, and then you also yeah. didn't teach it because people are stupid, and then they're gonna do stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Crunch then. It. And then, then it was like, okay, now it's now we're gonna introduce it after the the whole John Danaher death squad. Not saying he invented it, yeah. but he definitely made it popular. Perfect, I think that he perfected it. And it, it was a huge weakness because it was like, wait a minute, this is in the rule set. Like we could do this, and we're purposely not doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's take advantage of it. It's a strategic move to win. Then that caused, you know, it's like it, it caused ingenuity, which caused competition. And now I feel like jujitsu is better as a whole because. My kid's eight years old, and he Pay knows. attention to the whole body now. Yeah, yeah. My kid's eight years old, and he's like, how did he win? And I could say to my eight-year-old, heel hook. He's like, oh, dope. Like, my knows. kid knows, knows what, what that is. Yeah, my kid knows what leg entries are. My kid knows what a, what a foot lock is versus what a heel are, hook are is. Are you teaching but... students at your school leg locks and heel hooks very are early, they... not, not just age-wise, but belt-wise? Are they learning right from the beginning? Yeah, because, like, for me, I think like if you're learning earlier, it's first for me like the way I, I I understand is like the way it works, right? The mechanics, how you how you do this, how to finish. So I think if a white belt, not a brandy white belt, of course, but a white belt, you've been like training for a year, eight months, a year, That's and true. then you're gonna be, you're gonna be in an open mat, and then probably people are gonna try to attack your heel. If you know the very basics, escapes, you might be able to free. If you maybe it's too deep, I already tell them, like, just tap. Do a white belt. Don't try to go too crazy, but try to learn it, it seems, as soon as you can. Because, like, I just learned when I was a black belt. If you learn now as a white belt, whenever you get a black belt, you very you have very good attacks and escapes. So you're going to be comfortable. It's, it's not going to be a thing that's going to bother you, you know? Because, yeah. so like, I try, I try to tell them not to focus on it because they're not allowed to do it. But I tell them, like, you should learn how to escape. You should learn how to protect yourself. So you really didn't really start much in the way of leg locks and leg entanglements till you were at Black Belt? For me, yes. Yeah. Right. You were mostly a gi player. Always. And then it just wasn't, like, I guess the traditions as well. It's like. And grew up you know, and grew up in the social athletics. I mean, here, you know. Which most, is like the YMCA. Most schools before Danaher was like, you're not even going to learn. You're not even addressing legs till brown belt. If that. Exactly. If that, right? So that's crazy, man. How how satisfying was it to 
not only avoid Mikey's, you know, Mikey Musumeci's leg locks, but then to, like, I, I'm, you were an underdog in that fight, yes? That you were considered the underdog, yes? Yeah. Right? How satisfying was that win? I know you always have that scream at the end of a, of a win. How satisfying was that? It, it, it was like, it's crazy because like, especially when people doubt you a lot, you know, it's like, it's, it's just like, sweeter. I it's, a sweet, it's a sweeter, yeah. it's a sweeter yeah. victory, right? Yeah. I show them that like, it's not the way you guys think. I can also fight. I'm like, I'm very good. Yeah. Like everybody else, you know, like everybody else is good. But if I catch you in one of my moves, one of, if you like a good day, I believe that everybody has a good day. Like the day that you wake up and like, that's it. I'm going to beat whoever's in front of me. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I be strong, whatever. I'm gonna yeah. beat you. That was that that day. Uh, it's crazy because he was thinking about that. Uh, there was the bracket. I, I never thought about that would go first with Mikey. For some reason, I never thought. And then like, I'm like, I that was like right after Damian made me tap, like three months after. So I was like, maybe they're gonna put us in first because it has. I wouldn't say some beef over there. But like they just fought, so it's gonna be good because they they really I really want to fight him back, you yeah. know. Like I'm like, yeah, I want to go after who does, him. Who doesn't want to get it back, right? Yeah, right. Run and then and then I was like, yeah, it's gonna be. And then the first person of the bracket was him and someone else. I'm like, wait a minute, ah, it doesn't make sense. I have no no clue who I'm fighting now because there was eight athletes. And then I think on the other side, on the top of the other side, there was me and Mikey. And then that was crazy. That was like. One of the best days of my life as an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Just that, not because I beat him itself, but the tournament at all. At all you know, it was like, that was a great run. That was your just, day. That was my day. Yeah. My weekend. Yeah. That was close. That was close, but that was a good weekend. Though. My, uh, just from my hobbyist perspective, I love the North South. <laughs> so uh, that's, my my coach gets mad at me when I use the North South because I use it so much. He's like, yeah. "Come on, Milton Duke, let's, let's try something know. else." One trick pony. Yeah, but I'm going with the whole, you know, do it ten thousand times and then you'll perfect it, right? You know. Hey, Amen. So that's absolutely my go-to, and then you know, transitions into other submissions from that. But I I love the North South choke. Nice. I in my very first tournament as a white belt. I laid on a guy's face. We wound up in North South, and I was just laying on his face, and he submitted aggressively. He was like, ah. We were both white belts. He didn't. My stomach was over his face. He was suffocating. Yeah. And somebody called it a North South, so I went home, and I, you know, I was like, Googled. I'm like, okay, this is a good position. What's a North South? I didn't even, I didn't even know that I was doing a North, like what, you know, I just happened to be laying on his face. I looked it up. I found, uh, I found, started to find videos. And Marcelo Garcia came up, and then I've just watched every single video that Marcelo. He's the I purchased one instructional in my life, nice. and it's Marcelo Garcia's North South instructional. That's yeah, the only good. one from BJJ Fanatics. Only one, only one, and I've watched it over and over. And I, I still like every once in a while I'll be like, "Man, what's what's going?" Like, and I'll look it up, and somebody has an instructional. It always goes back to Marcelo Garcia, favorite nice. move ever. So I love to, I love to see that. What is, what is what's your go-to what was typically your go-to move was it a north south or was it something else to be honest with that match our focus was run to the side and take his back okay because usually when you get on someone's side like that they usually turn but like i think he tried to turn facing me and i'm like oh, i'm gonna just enjoy and get north south and it's crazy because that was very like it's just crazy to say but like a man that was trained 
So it's like one day I got I got in with Diego, right? Diego Romario, I'm like, bro, I'm getting north uh psycho enjoying north star a lot, but I'm not being able to make nobody tap. Like, I don't know, I need to pull out something that people can't realize. So a lot of the moves I was doing, everybody was training was already catching that, like, I know where you're going for, I'm gonna just avoid. And then like, come here, have you seen this North South choke? I'm like, nope. Like, go for it. Marcelo Garcia's does something like that. I know Isaac Baez does as well. So I'm like, all right, show me. And then he showed me. I'm like, ah, sounds great. So I started training at the academy pretty much every day, trying to make people tap. And then he got better, got better, got better, got better. I swung past the guard. I'm like, the idea was like, I was ready to, the mindset was take his back and choke him out. But like, I just, it just felt natural, natural. To pass yeah. the guard and knock him out and they fight his leg and attack the neck. And then when I was attacking his neck, he was like gargling. And yeah. I was like, oh, deep. Yeah. <laughs> That, that was pretty, pretty good. The the one thing that I realized about I've been doing it since I was a white belt. Now I'm a I'm a, a three stripe brown belt. I still do it every chance I get, <laughs> like, sure. especially when the coach isn't isn't watching. The one thing I realized, and when I tell other people, like usually if I get something on somebody a lot, I start to try to tell them like how to defend it because it's not as fun. I want him to know how to defend it, so I have to work harder. You're not playing on God mode. Yes. Sir. What's that? You're not playing on God mode. Yeah, I don't want to. It's it's no fun for me to just submit you with the same thing. But I want you to learn, and 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 then it's helpful. And I and I like to help instruct, even though I'm not an instructor. I definitely love to give tips. For but sure. I, what I realized early on, I was never taught any defense. It's always oh defending the mount, and then you know mount like lower body how how they're gonna pass my guard. There was ne I've never to this day like received instruction on how to stop somebody that's going north-south. Yeah. Not from like a guard position or like maybe even from side control. I could do. I love it from neon belly. They start to, you know, they, you make them wince, they take yeah. their head off the ground and then you can grab it. I n I've never received instruction. So I always, when I tell people, they're like, why, how do you always getting that? I'm yeah. like, to this day, no one's told me how to defend. Like, I'm, no one's expecting you to go north-south. Everybody's expecting you're in the side control, yeah. neon belly, pass the guard, right? So I learned early on that I was like, oh wow, nobody's defending this. Well, if nobody's defending it, it's you know, an open, gonna, it's a, it's an open hole. Yeah, it's just like this freaking window. You're right. It's like now this that I think about door. it, it's like, I don't yes, think I've good. ever been taught. Who's taught you? Who's hey, teaching yeah. you? Like, hey, you are in north south. What are you yeah. doing? Because the only defense I know is like what that Detroit dust guy does. Just bite him. <laughs> just bite him. And I do. <laughs> you know what? What's weird is uh, not not weird. I mean, you you did it. It was an incredible north south choke. But usually with guys that like to go inverted. Oh, the they'll they'll up. throw their legs over the yeah. top and try to take your back. You know, you got to get super low. You can't be on their chest. You know, I I, I got to get my face on the side like an Alex. We yeah. have a, we have a young kid. He's like nineteen, super flexible, very athletic. Also, I can't. Good, I, 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 I won't do it on him. I won't do it on him because yeah. he throws his legs over. He gets his hooks into my, you know, under my, under like my arms, and he's taking my back or like around under yeah. my waist, and he's taking my back. I'm like, what the? Well, how did I get here? Nobody had done that to me. Nobody had tried to put in my back. But yeah. they tried to do kind of Ezekiel. When I'm north-south, they tried to do Ezekiel. Yeah. So, like, the way they try it. And sometimes it kind of gets tight, so I need to release it free and then go again. Yeah. But, like, nobody tried to take my back for some reason. Yeah. Like, uh, invert Guys that, that like to invert or are super flexible, I've always got to I just got – you got to get low. You got to get low quick as soon as you have it in. You know, you got to be off to the side. Head is here. You know, like – chest as close to the ground as possible so there's no space for them to get it but uh 
Yeah, again, my my favorite move. I love to see it when I see somebody hit it. I think I've only seen it like a it's handful sick. of times, if that, in the UFC. Like yeah. you don't really. See, it's not. It's not like this super popular move. I'm always wondering why people don't go to the north south more. A lot of guys will go like they call it north south, but they're going for Kimuras and they're going for you know. Oh, you know, they they go they go they go north south, but they expect yeah. you to like turn to a side. Yeah, I'm so talking the they, choke though. I lo- I love that choke, and I, I think it's back. underused. And I definitely like I say to this day, I, I tell people. How when they asked me like how do you hit that all the time I said when was the last time somebody taught you how to defend somebody going to the top yeah not really and let you know you gotta you know get out of it I quick. got I got my or, defense you know, get you, there's defenses once you're in it you know pushing yeah. up on the neck and getting in here but then there's some I do knuckles counter. uh we have we have a, a one of our original co-hosts Junior he used to just get under my neck he would just get under my neck and push it or use his knuckles yeah. and push up. He uh, he it would get me off, but then there's a nice little transition. If he's if he's hugging me here, then you could just transition to the side and then pick up on the elbow. Yeah. Throw your leg over his leg. You're both laying the same way, looking up, and you're pulling up on the arm. Yeah. Pull up on the elbow. That's I, I don't know what it's called, but that's that's my uh, that's my that's my where I go next. If yeah. If kind of for Kimura sideways, kind of for Kimura, right? Yeah. Right. So he's yeah. on the bottom. He's hugging me. He's got his arm. If he's got his arm under me here. Yeah. I'm just holding now. I if I'm in the north south and I've got that you arm, got, got, I know I can yeah. go all the way down and finish. But if it's here and he's hugging me here yeah. and I can get his arm, you got go, it. You got it in a shotgun I, grip. You, you have it in them, a shotgun you know, grip. I I try not to do. You can't do it fast in training because you could hurt him. Yeah. But if you, leg, right? you throw your leg over them. Either one. It's great if you can get over both legs. If you can get over one yeah. leg, and then you're just yeah. lifting up. It's isn't a, it's isn't a that like tap. a slot machine almost? Is that what they call it? Well, whenever you like Kimura somebody in a weird position like this, they'll call it they'll call it like a slot machine. Yeah, I mean you're basically like you're pull, going. Yeah, yeah, you're pulling I'm on the on handle. The bottom and you're pulling. I know up. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite. That's the that's where I go next if somebody. I've been there you know, before. If somebody gets me out or they're sticking their their fingers in my neck. I've I did it in a competition. Somebody caught me in a north south, and that was the only defense. I was just like, I'm getting choked, and I just gave him this, and he was just like, What's happening? He let it go. I rolled to the turtle, and he guillotined me. Yeah, freaking big football playing motherfucker, man. I was just like, this guy was half my age, and he looked like a freaking linebacker. But anyway, there's some, there's okay, some, there's some hard defeats. My out favorite there. position. Thank you for using it. <laughs> my favorite submission. It's definitely underutilized. So I think. let's let's talk a little bit about you know you said something before you know about the age range, like. You're in your. This is your prime. Yeah. Right. This is your prime. I would say. Right. You know, mid to like. You know, some people say, "Oh, he's a young kid. He's 18." No, like when strength and intelligence come together with that training. Yeah. That's now. That's like 26, like to maybe 35, like this, or 25 to, to 35. Right. This is that time. So like this is just the beginning for you, right? I think I think he's at the beginning of his prime, not even in yeah. his prime. Yeah. That's what I yeah. think. You know, you've got. Yeah, I think you have these ten years from F twenty five, where you, you know, forget about the business side of jujitsu, but just like the 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 intelligence around jujitsu, yeah, understanding position. You're a black belt. You've been training long enough, but it all starts to come together. Like sometimes things just click. This is when the training, the knowledge. Well, I the, see it. I see it as a, I see it as a jujitsu fan. You know, yeah. I see it as a jujitsu. I have my opinions of you, as if I have my opinions of like other high level competitors at any sport that I decide to watch. And it's like, you're also very lucky that you're coming in. Like I said, in a new wave, you're not like, you're not a 26 year old you 
when when like let's say Marcelo Garcia was also 30 or like and like end of their prime but still super prime like 33 or like Lovato or I know I'm mentioning people that are not in your weight class but anyways like those style of people yeah you know it's like this is this is I think the most popular in my opinion that jiu-jitsu's ever been there's oh. There's people who are taking it seriously because even back in the day, the really, really good guys still partied a lot, I think. Yeah. And because you could do this and you weren't making tons of money, right? No, there weren't a lot of schools, so they were making tons of money because there was nobody sharing the knowledge. It was the whole crayon days, dude. Like you could just. But I don't think they're not making money like they are now. No. The the companies, the sponsors, the, the ability to open a gym. Everybody knows what jujitsu is. You could do your Ju- own business. Jujitsu like, is a vocabulary word almost. It's like yeah. you know, you say mental jujitsu. Yeah. Or right, people use the word jujitsu knowing like it's this grappling crazy thing. Like, don't try your mental jujitsu on me, right? Like yeah. trying to tie them up, right? So like people know what jujitsu is. Oh, that thing in the UFC, my wife will say, oh, you know, they lay you know, she explains it. They wrestle on top of each other. They're two yeah. guys laying on the floor. I'm like, babe, thank you, you know, come on. But let, let's let's kind of talk about that that prime. How hard is it, not just for you but for other competitors, to really kind of put their ego aside and go and train with like a JT Torres? You know, like you said, like you know, you're killing it out there on the match. You're killing it in competition, and then you say, "All right, I'm going to go train under this other person." A lot of people wouldn't do that. They would say, "No, no, I'm going to," you know. You, you kind of want to train against those people. How hard was it to like swallow your pride and start like seeking out instruction as a black belt from other people that have been there before? To be honest, for me, it was super easy because I'm very like, I'm very friendly with everybody. I don't have like, I don't find nobody. I don't uh, throw anything on the internet. I'm a very, I'm, I'm super calm person, super nice yeah. person. And I try to be nice to everybody. And then I think, like, for me, as much connection, as much knowledge I can get from different people is better for me. You know what I mean? And then as far as, like, I first I look if they have anybody in my weight class to compete from the essential. So I'm like, I don't think it would be great for me to ask them to go train with them while they have another athlete. I think it would be inconvenient on my part to go out there mm-hmm. and be someone else can. But, like, I got there, uh, I mean... I look it up, and then I think there was nobody for essential in the ATC. So and there I messaged Professor JT. And then as soon as he said, like, yeah, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm definitely going. I see you guys in a little bit. And then, like, for me, it was easy because back in the days when I was blue belt, we would, like, I was, I cross training with, like, my close friends, not everywhere, but my close friends we used to train on the weekends, you know, it was just us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Learning from different people was always like a thing that I, 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 I taught myself that like you need to be open. Even maybe like you have something to teach me, it might not be useful for me, but I'm gonna listen what you have to tell me. If I'm gonna digest, if it's good, I'm gonna keep it. If not, I'm gonna just push it away. So it's like, I think that's the best way for you to improve in jiu-jitsu as well. Like you're getting views from jiu-jitsu from different people, mm-hmm. right? JT, He's, I think he's 32 years old. He is two times ATC champion. He fought many times, many IBJF worlds. He fought many IBJF Gi and Nogi worlds, many different tournaments. So much experience in the 
uh, Jiu-Jitsu world and the grappling, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it would be a great a great opportunity for myself to talk to a person like that, to share the day, to see how the routine is, you know, like how much they have built up, it falls hard, it falls easy. It's never easy for anybody. But like yeah. having them to share the experience with you, like in person, is totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that was one of the lifetime opportunities I had. And then right now I don't do that too often. I'm not in New York up there training with him because I have to run my gym as well. And then right after ATC, I injured my knee. So I had to take like three months off to heal like hundred percent. So I got back in training in January and then slowly finding my way up, you know, uh, dropping a lot of weight. I was way too heavy. Like I said, I gained like 20, 25 pounds after ATC. So now I'm getting back at it. I'm definitely planning to go back out there and then train with him because it was like a great experience. And then I would definitely like share this thought with anybody, like put your ego on the side, put anything that you think that's going to be bad. You're just going to earn, you know, like just going to be great for you. Go out there, have a great time. Try to to get as much knowledge as you you can from different aspects as well, not just jujitsu business the way he thinks the way he eats the way he prepare himself like it's always very like it's it's a unique opportunity you know like you're a very fan of Gordon ryan go out there i mean if you can if you have the opportunity of course it's not everybody i think it's not everybody who has access Mm -hmm. for to everybody you know but like oh i want to go train an artist to see how do they do it take two weeks and go out there go out there you know like give yourself the opportunity to learn from different people as well I think it's the same. It's way better than a seminar for me. Going out there and spending a month is like a month, a whole month. It's not like two hours. I'm going out there. It's two hours. It's mm-hmm. gonna teach one thing. No, it's like I'm picking up brain, a mindset, and a jujitsu. The way he runs his gym. So like he's doing a great, a beautiful work work out there. And then I, I also visit different people in different states, different countries as well. So like every time that I go to different gyms and different countries. And then I see some some per, a person doing something different that I don't know what he's doing. I'm like, can we talk a little bit? It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You need to understand what you're doing. Like, you need to show me this. And then the person, of course, everybody's very humble into the jiu-jitsu world, you know? They're like, as long as you're friendly to everybody, they're not going to, no, no, I'm not going to show you. No, they're going to be there. They're going to be teaching you. And then they're gonna, we're going to share experience. Because I believe that I also have a lot to offer. So they're going to be like, hey, could you show, show me this as well? I'm like, yeah. yeah, of course. So it's going to be like, we always uh, exchange information. And then I can expand my knowledge. I'm building up friendship. And they're also like making great connections. So we call a win-win. Uh, so my next question is, who was your toughest match leading up to ADCC? Up to the, fi- up, up to the actual show. Who was your toughest match? Oh, not on the ATC, but before? Yeah, like on the lead up, you know, who would, let's even say for the year before, who's your toughest match? Oh, the year before. That's a good question. I think, let me see. Win or lose, too. Win or lose, just because maybe, you know, there's a loss. Sometimes sometimes you win. That wasn't the toughest one. Like (laughs) you said, like with the heel hook you tapped early, like that wouldn't necessarily be your toughest match, but who would you, who would you say out there kind of, you know, had your number and, and you had a, a tough go in a match? Uh, that is few people, to be honest, that they give me a hard time yeah. when we fight. But definitely Diego Pato. Yeah. It was a, always like, we always go out there and kill each other. So it's like, and for him, it's very like, you, 
I never know what's coming. Sometimes he throws triangles, arm bars. He, his heel hook game, leg lock, is very good. And he's very, very, very flexible. It's just crazy. It's just annoying to fight him. Yeah. You know, so like, and they had beat him on the ATC. So, like, for me, it was like a great, like, the ATC run was like the best thing that could happen. I was like, please, just make it happen in the semifinal so he can fight and he can beat you. And then yeah. definitely beat him. So, that was like, that was great because he was, he beat me three times, different match, previous that. It was like Diego Pato was like tough match. Also Colabate. Uh that kid's ridiculous. He's just so good. And then the first time I saw false raping, someone doing false raping on me was him on a match. Imagine like someone pull up something that you never saw in your life. Yeah. And then you don't know which way you go. Wasn't he a blue belt? He was a blue belt, I think. Yeah. yeah was he, got, he, got, he, got, he got purple right after, after that. After. Yeah. And now he's and then it was like I was like, he's really good, and I don't know what he's trying to do with my leg. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually he pulled out the heel hook, and he did a deep heel hook. I think he did two or three false rippings on me, but I didn't know which way to go, what to do. And then, like, after that, I started, like, all right, I need to learn what is false ripping. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I learned it, and I went, and I went on. I but definitely, I was going to say, I think he learned it from uh, from Craig Jones. If I remember Probably. correctly. Probably. Yeah. I know he does he does very well what he's doing. So it's like he's definitely one of the upcoming stars. No yeah. doubt. He's have he has achieved so much on a young age. He has a good mindset. He works hard, you know, the way that I, I see him, you know. And yeah. And yeah, I would assume like Cole and definitely Jago Pato. We had a lot of worlds throughout our black yeah. belt career. Gi and no gi. Oh my God, that was crazy, but that was good. And then also there was another guy in the gi, Iago George. The, he's from Cicero Costa. He used to be Diego's part of teammates. In the gi, we always had war. I think we had we fought eight or nine times, something like that. But yeah. if you watch match, it's just like we're going after each other. So like at the same time, it was very fun because you would open up to fight and we would go after each other. But it would be hard because you don't know what's coming. It's just like you... I seem like the way he fights, the way I fight. So it's like it's super hard to to know what's gonna come. You're gonna throw my platters, triangle, knee birth, toe hold. It's gonna come everything. So it's like it's hard to fight those kind of people, you know. When you find people that like do the same thing over and over and just burn ball or up guard and they like stall a slow pace, I think it's easier for you to to read what's coming. Yeah. But when you find a person that like coming after you back at you back and super aggressive, you just like I just go there. I'm gonna do my best, and I try to be as much precise as I can. Yeah. You gotta find a way to turn the momentum around. You gotta. Yeah. Now you gotta be the one attacking. Yep. Those That's matches right. are. I'll tell you what, though. Those matches are fun to watch. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. So we're gonna do uh, at the end of every show. We do a little segment. We call it the drill down. Uh, we've got about seven or eight questions that we ask. Variations of these questions to every guest. We like to get the the different take. The so drill Bo, down. <laughs> I, I messed it, it up for you because I said yes. what it was. Let's do it again. Uh, Bo does a, is our uh, is our announcer for the drill down. Yes, so really right. not your <laughs> question. <laughs> you can dub that in and, and make it work. I want to know what that really sounds like backwards. <laughs> backwards, yeah. So, okay, so question number one: What is your preference, gi or no gi? Now, no gi. No gi. Uh, yeah. No more gi. How often do you train in the gi now? Very trying to be honest. Yeah, I try to help my teammates. To be honest, I yeah. try to help 
teammates to get ready for tournaments. But my focus right now, I'm decided to go 100% on grappling. Okay. I never, I never focused 100% on anything in my life as far as gi and no gi. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing no gi over gi. Okay. That's where the money's at. So now, you know, the, the the money also like it's more excited for me to fight. My weight class, most of the people do a lot of 50-50 stalling game. I know when you're in a level that like you can outwork everybody, you, you're you going to be able, but I'm not on that level in my weight class in the gi. So it's like, I think as far as like my result on the ATC, I think I'm 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 way closer to being one of the best 155, 145 in the world. No gi than I, I am the gi. So that's why I'm focused on the grappling. That's a wise choice. Ha- have you... Have you heard from, or is it? Do you have any desire to fight in like a one championship on these cards where it's this true mixed martial arts card where there's grappling in a cage? You know, ha- have you thought about that? Is that something that's come up at all for you? Yes, it's definitely one of my goals for this year if I can get it. The hardest part for me is just because I can't leave the country right now, and the okay. usually is in Asia. Yeah, I know they do it one May six or fifth in the USA, Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to go out, get out there. Uh, the matchmaker had contacted me. Not for this tournament. They contacted me end of last year saying they want to watch me on one. And then I'm just waiting. I think on the right time is going to come. I don't want to rush nothing. No no skip, no steps. I think I will be ready whenever the opportunity comes. I'm going to be ready to display out there my jiu-jitsu. Cool, yeah. Great performance. And then, of course, I want to be the best in what I do. And it, if I'm able, I want to fight and win the belt. And then, yeah. Don't forget about us little guys. You got to come back on the show when you yeah. have that belt yeah. and, and come back on and do this again. So are we, our, our, our second question is now preference, takedown or pull guard? Takedown. Takedown? Always? It's no funny because when I train in the academy, you're going to see me doing a lot of guard. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Unless we're doing specific training of takedowns. But like, if not, I'm definitely gonna put your guard, gi or no gi. Yeah, yeah. Very but cool. like, yeah, go out there compete. It's just natural to go after people and try to take them down and pass the guard. I just feel way more comfortable. But that's why I also like I focus on the academy to play guard because I think it's my not my weakness, but is my guard game is not too strong as my pass. So I try to to get it even. It's yeah. kind of hard, but I'm okay. getting there. So now I like this one. This is one of my favorites because it, it's funny how you get these like really, you know, opposite answers, but music in your academy during rolling, do you turn on the music or is it completely off? Is it quiet? All the way up. All the way up? And what, what's your go-to music? What are you, what are you playing? Soca, 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 soca. Definitely funk, Brazilian hip-hop. Also, I, lo- I like a lot of, uh, I put Drake a lot in my academy. Yeah. Drake. Uh, sometimes I also let my students choose it, like, but when I don't like the music, I just change myself. Like, right. If they choose a bad song, do you take a stripe away? Yeah. <laughs> we we'll go next round. Give me that stripe. Right, we go next round. Yeah. I'm gonna show you you're doing a bad job. You listen to bad yeah. music. But definitely, like, I I feel also sometimes I forget that like I don't forget, but sometimes like I don't like to put English music. Some English music has like not very light, especially like raps and hip hops, you know. So, like, if I put in Portuguese, anybody can come in my gym, nobody going to understand why you proceed. <laughs> yeah. Like, have 20 people on the mat, just one or two are going to understand what's singing. The curse, but they, they'll hear the curses, is what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the beat is good, you know, like, the well, beat but, is good, yeah. the flow, you can flow. So, it's like, yeah, it's better in Portuguese than English for me. 
Yeah. But like, I listen to everything, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you watch a lot of jujitsu? Not just like competition footage or studying footage, but do you just get to sit down and watch a WNO when, when you're not competing in it? As a fan. Know, as a fan. Or are you somebody that, I got to tune in. I'm watching that this weekend. Is that you? Yes. Are you, yeah. you going to watch, uh, do you watch the UFC? No. You don't? Wow. No. It's a big card this weekend. It's probably, it's probably the most stacked card. Really? John yeah. Jones. John Jones is back. Okay. The King is back. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> there you go. I'm just letting you know. I grew up. With my, in Brazil with my friends, we used to watch, watch every weekend that had UFC. We'd get together, get pizza, and watch the whole UFC. Yeah, but dream. like after I, I didn't get bored about it, but I was like, eh, I don't want to watch UFC, and I just stopped. It's been like years since I, I watched one UFC fight. Unless it's like, all right, and he said who this fight, I want to watch his match, see how he yeah. is. He's doing, I'm watching it. Maybe Khabib was fighting. I watched Khabib last match. I, Khabib against uh, Connor, yes. I watched that match. So, like, very few matches I watch here and there, but I don't follow up the UFC. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, all right, I have nothing to do today. All right, let's watch My UFC. coach, who used to be his coach, we, we met at the same, at, we trained together for a little while. My coach will only watch the UFC when it's like a Brazilian, a Brazilian headliner. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, if it's not a Brazilian who's also like a grappler, yeah. who's a, you know, a jiu jitsu, most if, Brazilians are jiu jitsu guys, but, you know, Unless there's a, a jiu-jitsu black belt, he's not even watching. Every, but he'll watch those fights that it's a big name. Every single UFC match that I've ever watched with friends, even like when we watched it over at your house, if anybody wins with anything that resembles anything that's jiu-jitsu, everybody yeah. that does jiu-jitsu is like, jiu-jitsu, bitch! Jiu-jitsu! <laughs> <laughs> We're proud, loud and proud. So who's your favorite competitor? Who's your, your favorite jiu-jitsu competitor to watch? Nowadays? Just from a, from a fan's perspective. Yeah. New, Who do you old, like? It doesn't matter in the in the jujitsu universe. I used to watch a lot. Uh, let's see, Rodolfo Vieira, Bruno Malfacini, Leandro Law. I used to love to watch those guys yeah. fight. Like very good OGs, like fighting forward, very technical, super fast, and then aggressive. Those three was like the best guys that I wa grew up like watching, right? And I also like Men's Brothers. Just the because brothers, yeah, yes, because they they guard pass, they the back takes, just super so good. Yeah, their style that, of jujitsu is super fun to watch. Yeah, constant like, movement, slow fast. Yes, yeah, moving forward. It's like where would he go? Like yeah. that kind of called the spider a monkey. Speed, a lot of upside going the upside down back takes. It's like it's yeah. fun to watch. It's not a game. I don't do no brain yeah. baller. I don't do back takes from the bar like brain baller stuff. Yeah, but like. I enjoy watching because it's very precise. You need to be very good what you're doing. It's like it's very tricky. People are like ah, it's easy. All right, go go out there. It's and not easy. You know what I mean? And then it's like to see them doing what they did on the highest level. It's impressive. What about against each other at IBJJF right at the finals when they right before they got their black belt and they just went at it? They were both in the gi, brown belt, finals. Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh. know about that. Was, oh, yeah, no, not the Mendes brothers. Rotolos. I'm sorry, I'm thinking Rotolos. Rotolos. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm sorry, yeah, Mendes brothers I was, were sick, though. I was just happy to see that they didn't do the whole, like, what is it, Pat? What do they call that? Like, you're not, yeah, pass. but you're not allowed to do that anymore. Well, I mean, it was nice to see that they actually, like, it looks like they rolled hard. Like, oh, they, they did. They rolled to win. Yeah. You know, it was just like well, bragging rights. Bleeding, and the other one almost yeah. broke his brother's arm. Pohada. It was pretty fun. 
That's for sure. Great. That's good jujitsu, man. What is your last question? This is a second to last question. What is your ultimate goal in the world of jujitsu? You know, uh, I, I like to say, what do you want your legacy to be? It's uh, a good question. I want my legacy to be like a great competitor, a nice person as well. It's like, not just being a good competitor doesn't mean like it's going to be a nice person, but I definitely want to be mm-hmm. referred like a great person, an influence for, for the next generation as well. That especially where I come from, you know, like not everybody knows my background, my life history, but like being able to inspire. I have so many like Brazilian kids text me every day, like, oh my God, I'm so happy that you made it. And then I have about the same situation, you know, my family are poor, you just is helping us out. So stuff like that, like that's that's what I want my legs to be like. Oh, I want, one day I want to, I'm, I'm going to be like this guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he made it. Well, he came from a poor family, had no money. And then now he lives in the USA. He he's running multiple gyms or he he won a lot of titles but the titles for itself is like doesn't really mean anything for me you know it's like it, it's great to win a world title you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it's awesome but like impact people life is way better for me and they be recognized as a great person is even better you know for my family making people proud so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely what i want to do that's awesome i like that answer awesome so our very last question even though you prefer nogi now. That's a very important question. Do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit the hit the green button. It, like obvious, right? It's like oh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny now that like when we get when we ask that question, it's a little bit more. It used to be like, no, you, you're not supposed to wash your gi belt. Now it's a little bit more like, yeah, duh, you, yeah. we just went through a pandemic. Of course you wash it. Yeah. You're supposed to. That's he's disgusting. Spo- he's sponsored by Neutral Zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be clean. Gotta keep it clean. Let's do that. Let's give out some shout outs. Go ahead and and this is your time. Shout out any sponsors, anybody you want to say hello to or thank you to. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Thank you, guys, for inviting me for the podcast. It's, it's like sometimes I'm very like nervous about going to podcasts. Since English is not my first language. I try my best. I try to say as much as I can. But I think I hopefully it was everything clear to everybody. You did awesome, man. Did yeah, great. man. Other than rifle and raffle, that was the only one that I had wrong. Yeah. That's the only thing and, I didn't understand. And everybody who watches this does jujitsu, so we've all had professors that sound the, just like you. The heavier the accent, <laughs> the better the episode does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I definitely want to give a shout out to my new sponsor, Roll Forever. I just hey. close out with them on the team. Thank you guys for having me. Buteria also for the gay support. And they also we've been together for the last three years. I would like to say thank you for Neutral Zone. Keep me clean, of course. Also send me some CBD stuff. Like... Very good stuff. You guys don't. We love it. Right here, man. I don't know if we you can see it. it. Got it right <laughs> and make sure that you guys got yours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And let me see. Anyone? Well, let, let's not forget your gym. Chat. Where? Tell everybody where your gym is. The city okay. and and. All right. So my my gym is uh is located in Apex, North Carolina. We we like 15, 20 minutes away from Raleigh. If you guys in there, give me uh, send me a message. And then you're definitely more than welcome to come and visit us. And it's going to be a good training. Definitely hard. Just like Brazil, Pujada. Maybe <laughs> hot. Maybe depending on the day, depending on my mood, I'm definitely going to turn on the heater so we can't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> 
We train in the AC down here in Florida. <laughs> it's always it's always hot. Oh, Florida? I, I I mean I don't blame you. Yeah. Florida. It's when, super hot. We're uh we could be like uh babies about when the AC goes out at the gym and you walk in and it's super hot. Yeah. Be like, oh, come on, man. And the coach would be like, like Brazilian style today, baby. Yeah, this is how bro. we do it in Brazil. You gotta, Brazil crack, the, you gotta crack the doors open. Yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, go ahead. Any uh any so Apex, Apex North Carolina, and the name of the gym is ZRT Apex. ZRT. All right. Any other sponsors you want to shout out? Um, we did neutral zone, roll forever. Wake Aussie Scarfie. The best coffee in Apex. The guys has been sponsoring me for since ATC. It's been a great ride. Thank awesome. you guys. Everybody who watch and support. Love you guys. All right. All right, man. Good, like man. I said, don't hang up. But thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate you doing this. We'll uh, we'll, we'll put this out next week. So right, we recorded, but we're gonna put it out next week. We'll do some cool posts and things like that. Please share if you can, and uh, you know we'll let the world know you're on the podcast, man. All right. All right, brother. Hang on, man. Thank you very much. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible Nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs, and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. All right, man, that was awesome, right? Pretty cool? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Sure. What are you talking about? That was a that was an amazing story. Yeah, man. That was like he's very cool. Like that was kind of like I it's felt like, like, almost I like just, a nice rags to riches story, man. I felt like I know, watched and it's still going. So we're only in the middle of that book. Not yeah. even we're in the beginning of that book. Yeah, you said it. You said it's like he's he's at the beginning. Like he's of his at prime. the beginning of his prime. Yeah, like, he's yeah. gonna have more story to tell. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a really some dog millionaire story. I'm really happy. Next ten years, he'll have a lot more story to tell. I'm a very happy. 
that we had him on. I very, was, uh, very motivated guy too. Man. We had we we were watching him for a little bit, and you know, it was just like, yeah, this is you know. Isn't it funny how to. we've had a couple of guests who've had these interesting stories of either coming to the U.S. or or doing you know getting into jujitsu, and then some magical person appears in their life and help them out. Yeah. Didn't Richard Bressler have somebody like that? I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. Horian Gracie. Yeah, and it was, the whole like he was more. selling a mattress. He came into his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, he, you yeah, know, yeah. he was fucking around with and drugs. Somebody, and else, somebody else we had on had a yeah. similar story. It was they had like an, a guardian, I, not a guardian angel, but like a helping. You know, angel. we're we're in this world, so obviously we hear these stories the most. But you know, there's Bo may not know this as much as we do. Like all the hashtags, like Jujitsu saved my life. Yeah, right? yeah. Jujitsu for yeah. life. I, I re- it. it really does. I mean, there's a lot of um, it's the environment, man. There are a lot of people who. It, you're able to turn away from something because this fills a gap. It's kind of like somebody who's addicted to drugs, but they start smoking or they can't stop smoking. They need that one. And I think the jujitsu becomes that addiction, but the healthiest of addictions mm-hmm. and people are able to, I, I, I talked to you before. Uh, I was saying like, I just like, I had such a bad day yesterday. I just wanted to go to jujitsu. Yeah. Like I just, I needed to get that out. I was tired. I was worn out. My shoulders are killing me. And I was just like, that's the thing that's going to make me feel better. And I felt way better. My shoulders still hurt. Yeah. But I felt way better getting out the stress of the day. You know, we talk about it all the time. I always mention my wife hated jiu-jitsu in the beginning. But now she's like, you should go to jiu-jitsu. You should go. Make sure you go. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired. She's like, go. And she go. You know, she goes to her gym. She's like, go do it. You know, you know, you hey, you'll feel better. better. And she's if, so encouraged. Tired. She's encouraging because she knows that that, that helps me. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. That's awesome. It's therapy. But uh, again, uh, uh, thank you, Gabriel, for, for doing the Gabriel. Gabriel, like, uh, I guess. That's the same. I feel weird saying Gabriel, you know, like. It's what? Gabriel, why? Gabriel? His name. Well, sure. I don't know, because like Gabriel is a little bit is more feminine when you, no. in the U.S. No. Gab- well, Gabriel. I've got, my daughter's got a sister named Gabriel. the U.S., you know? man. <laughs> anyway. It's Gabriel. We Gabriel just, Sousa, thank you America. for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you for, for joining us. I thought that was amazing. Yep. Uh, check us out on uh, Instagram at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies, on TikTok at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Podcast. Um, One day you'll my, get that right. I, yeah, no, I, did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yeah. You, no, fumbled, you, you fumbled it, it like no. a football. Yeah, the shit ain't, it, it's not as easy as I make this look, Bo. <laughs> it really isn't. Right. And I'm not, as dumb um, as, I'm not as dumb as I look. Yeah. The thing, you know, like, I have certain things written down, and then there's certain things I don't have written down. So I'm like, I'm going to, now I'm, I'm getting to doing like the TikToks all the time because, you know, we're, TikTok has grown for us. So I'm not as dumb at Jujitsu Dummies podcast on TikTok and YouTube. My IG is un- he's a fucking interrupting. And YouTube at Uncle Milty BJJ <laughs> is my personal IG. If you want to hit me up, all right, it's uh, JJD underscore DJJ sixty nine. Bo at B A D W E R K S. You know what's funny? I was just a side note. When I like, <laughs> you know, a lot of times I tag you, invite you to collaborate on a post, especially if like I think it's something funny. All right. And like, you weren't coming up. Like, if I type in JJD, I got shadow banned. You got, and I was just like, did he get shadow banned? I do. I don't like. Was it all the meat stuff? I usually don't <laughs> see that. <laughs> it's all. I'm like gun ho for meat. Like, yeah. I don't post anything political. It, but it's like, it come, and eat meat. I had to, to totally type out the name before it like auto populates. No and like, way. Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew that you'd I love made that. It, baby. Yeah. The, the, Illuminati, the Illuminati got you for meat, meat <laughs> comments. Yeah. Miguel yeah. got shadow bound, uh, banned with what? Your for meat. 800 oh, followers? My meat, yeah. <laughs> don't beat your meat. They don't Just want eat you, the meat. They don't want you eating meat, bro. All yeah. right, guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for doing <laughs> this. Thank you for everyone out there listening. Peace of jujitsu.
Yeah. That's that's all it is, man. Oosh. Oosh. You're still stuck on it. I like it. We're going to have to bring that back. All right.